Here we go. It's the fourth time I've started this camera. Try again. We just ate some barbecue. We did. It was delicious. The only thing that was a little off-putting was Drew ordered two sandwiches, what I just thought was being selfish and and just well, they weren't take... both for me though. <laughs> and the, the problem was he, he double fisted both of them. And, <laughs> whoa, when I, whoa. and when I was watching you eat them, I thought, you know, this is not a, a fat shaming. This is um, celebration of weight. I was like, Drew's getting a little chunky, man. Stop. Like, and Stop. listen, and listen, that's just a, sh uh, a sign of prosperity within the kingdom of God. <laughs> Also, within the one day a week that I buy lunch, you literally offered for me, you offered <laughs> other people lunch today because I was buying. It's funny you mentioned the weight thing. Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor this week, mm. and uh, they, you know, they weigh you before right. you go in. And we yep. get. To, I, t I think I've told you this before. Yeah. When I go to the doctors and they go to weigh me, <laughs> I inform yeah. them that I only weigh naked. Yeah, you <laughs> like need accurate I, I had to get. I have to, and they, they just don't even weigh me. They're like, then tell me. Ah, uh, we don't need it. We don't need it that bad. <laughs> like, good, good. Well, good. so we get to the scale. Yeah. And she goes, how much do you weigh? What a silly question. Which is, yeah. It's like when the cop silly. pulls you over, right? Yeah. And he's like, do you know how fast you're going? I'm like, no, but you, you have a radar you, gun. You clocked You me. could tell me. That's right? why I'm yeah. going, yeah. I don't know, but we're at the place to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's find out, yeah, let's, you know? Let's go for it. Um, and they have like three know, prizes like, against the wall. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> guess you're 300 way. plus. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, but so... I will say that I was set up for failure. Okay. You shouldn't ask me that. <laughs> Wait, come out. Is setting you up for failure asking you a question? Yeah. Asking that's me, why you that's have this why, role yeah. and I have this role. So, <laughs> so um, anyways, I say 143. Okay. Okay. The reason I said that was because in a past life, uh -huh. about two years ago, yeah, um, I was actually in shape. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in good shape to you now. I like your shape. I'm not. Uh, I don't like this shape <laughs> as much as I liked my previous shape. Yeah, well, but get over that's it. also I haven't done any work to keep, right, right, keep right. that shape. So, anyways, um, that was the last time I weighed myself was two mm -hmm. years ago, and then I one day woke up and I said I'm retired. Mm -hmm. I will not do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And here we are now. But mm -hmm. so, anyways, I said 143, which is too specific. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like you weighed before you came in. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. if I'm her, I'm like, cool, man, you don't have to step up here. Easy. But she looked at you and thought, he's a little uh, bit chunkier than that. That doesn't seem that right. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, anyways, I get on the thing, and it was, like, the old ones where it's, like, if it's in between 50 and 100 pounds. Oh, they're moving the big weights yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, And so. Where do you go to the doctor? Any, um, I go to the doctor in 1894. <laughs> And you've had time travel this whole time, yeah. and you've been using it for doctor appointments? Yeah. So, and it, you know, it's one of those old ones. And so right. I say 140, which puts me in between right. she, 100 and 150. Right, so she puts, you, she puts the big weight on 100 and starts sliding that little one yeah. towards and the 40. 
sliding the little one for like five minutes <laughs> and it's not budging. And she's like, maybe I went too far. And I'm like, that's not how the weight works. You know, it would go to the other side <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you went and too far. And never tipped, and then she backs yeah, it up yeah. a little bit. Maybe I missed it. And she's like hitting it like. I'm also worried about. He said about... 143 so confidently. <laughs> it must be the scale. I'm, I'm also worried about the quality of physicians that you have. <laughs> not just the quality of their equipment. I'm really worried. Did they do any bloodletting on your brain? Did they like. Pierce your head, let yeah. the blood off. Well, they put some leeches <laughs> around me. They still do that. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so let's get back to this. Yeah, yeah. So it takes like 10 minutes to find my weight, which is way too long. And newsflash, it's not 143. No. It's 160. 160. And so I'd say 165, but whatever. We'll they go. maybe, you know, I have a tough time reading, so maybe right. they were like, I need to just tell him it's 160. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this dude take a little bit. He's 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 gonna he's take this. Sure. He's gonna take this hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, as soon as I said 143, I knew I was, I was wrong. Like like, there's it. no way yeah. I still weigh 143. Yeah, That's yeah, impossible. Yeah. I eat way too many peanut butter sandwiches, right. and I run way too little. Right. Meaning zero. I'm, to, I'm, to, I'm, let's yeah. do that. So, um, but so anyways, the most devastating feeling I've ever felt in my life. Yeah is when she moved that thing from 100 <laughs> to 150 and then and I had to watch that top it. part and i'm like maybe it'll stop here right no nope. no right keep we, going we, we and it was like yeah man it's cool that's tough to swallow it's cool i got well you start don't no you don't struggle swallowing things because that's how you got <laughs> so fat drew <laughs> so yeah anyways we got work to do i definitely won't do it but Let's do it. Welcome back <laughs> <laughs> to Katsiki Conversations. Oh. This is Pastor yeah. Ben Nelson. That's me. The, the big name on the card. Everyone comes to hear you talk. <laughs> do they? And then I happen to be in the other seat. Yeah. I'm Drew. Yeah. You can call yeah. me Drew. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> we, on uh, Sunday. We were let's here. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. I think uh, we were great. We, we talked about Ephesians 6. Yes. I say we. You talked about Ephesians six. I did. Wrapped up I Ephesians. Did. You I did. Give a little. Um, yeah, we did. We did. We did a wrap up of the entire series a little bit, but we landed. Paul lands and he says, "Finally," and he says, "Put on the you know armor of God." Right, and he goes through the whole thing: the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, breastplate of righteousness, feet readied with the gospel of peace, um, and we. Um, but he starts off by saying, actually, your, your battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and basically that you have an enemy and he is um, a spiritual enemy. And then he tells us to equip ourselves. And then at the end of that, he then says uh, two sentences, which is interesting, after the entire uh, letter to the Church of Ephesus, which is, would you pray for me as well? And it was basically that he would be fearless in his proclamation of the gospel. And um so yeah, we looked at that. We looked at what it looked like to put on this armor of God. We talked about each one individually, um, which lets you know that it was a long sermon. But it was yeah, good. It, it was, was good. good. Yeah, it was a good. Um, you told the serve team something interesting. Oh uh, yeah, I, which I, is I, that you've never taught. On the I told armor the of God, so, congregation that too. Um, question number one is, what do you have against the armor of God? <laughs> I, 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 if you would have been in there at the beginning of the service, mm. you learned what I had against the armor of God. But you're back there chatting up with the worship team. We're doing whatever y'all do in green rooms, and um, I, I uh, every time I think about the armor of God, 
I don't think about Roman armor. I think about that tiny plastic VBS uh, Halloween <laughs> costume that children have. It has a big red cross right in the yeah. middle of it. And I just imagine myself trying to wear it and it doesn't fit. And so I always just perceived this idea of the armor of God because we taught about it um, at a childlike level for so long as a message for children. And, mm. uh, but Paul actually in Ephesians one verse one talks about how he's speaking to mature believers. And, uh, I think it was just one of those, such a, uh, a good illustration that we used it with children and we feel like we outgrew it. And, mm. um, I did as well. And realizing that that is us, um, going into battle with, uh, out the proper armor. And so, one thing we said on Sunday was that all that the war is for all people and all people need to learn how to fight. And so we learned how to fight. Yeah, that was good. Good stuff. It was a good day. It really was a good day. And we wrapped up the entire series um, because one of the things we said, too, which is really important when you're reading a letter, you know, the Bible is broken down in chapter and verses, but that's not how it was written, especially mm-hmm. the letters. The letter was a letter. So it wasn't like right. he read the first sixth of the letter and goes, all right, y'all come back tomorrow. We're going to go to part two of right. Paul's letter. <laughs> they all gathered around and read, John, read, uh, the read, read the whole letter. So when we don't see something reiterated in a chapter of a letter, it's not separated for, because it was already said. So for like five chapters, he talks about unity with other believers a lot. And then we get to chapter six. We like to teach that without the precursor of the idea of each other. Mm. And so we came to some really neat understandments which might be in the questions today yeah I don't, so, we should probably get into the questions we don't want to give too much away yeah we'll just get so, the questions let's, let's, get do in, it. let's get into it let's question it. one okay how can i discern the difference between spiritual battles and everyday challenges um i i don't know if there's a clear way there's a couple of clear ways to do it um is there a demon under every rug no but we'd be silly to not think that there is demonic forces and spiritual things happening. Um, I think it's okay to treat all things as both. Hmm. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I don't do marriage counseling. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, for my marriage, I might, I might, <laughs> we might go get marriage counseling. I don't do premarital counseling when I'm doing it. I meet with the couple two, three times to get some uh, specific things out of the way. And then I speak within those two or three times into spiritual matters within their marriage, which I think many of us would be surprised the amount of things within our marriages that will be fixed if we speak to the spiritual matters of it. Things that we would not have thought were a spiritual thing are a spiritual Mm -hmm. thing. And then I send them to get counseling through a counselors that I trust, or they can mm-hmm. choose their own. They have to do premarital counseling, but they can choose where they do it. And I suggest people because counselors will speak. Now, most of mine are Christian based. So they'll speak a little bit spiritually into things too, but they speak to some of the physical parts of right. it, emotional parts of it. And I've never yet had a marriage come back to me and go, you know what? I didn't need the <laughs> spiritual side. Or you know what? I didn't need the non-spirit, you know what I mean? Like, like you can have Jesus and a therapist, right? You can like, you can, you can ask for healing and still go to the doctor, right? Like, um, and so I think we could differentiate between the two in some ways. Um, uh, there's a train coming, Shout so we'll out. take a train break, train break. You know, I, uh, I sent you a thing a long time ago uh, on Instagram. 
Yep. It was a dude holding a sign, and it said, "It's not spiritual warfare. You just made bad choices." Yeah, well, I talked about that on Sunday a lot. I have a, in my notes, you know, in my notes section, I have, um, "Did you about to scoot out of frame?" Um, I'm, I'm so like, scoot in, scoot in, and you're like, "Oh, it's so far away." That uh, is not true. Watch back any video. You are leaned in that corner every time. No, remember a couple weeks ago you were like, "Could you get out?" Nope. I've always said scoot in. No. Yep, because I set the edge of the frame to the edge of the couch. Um, Is this good enough for you? It's good enough for me. Um, (laughs) I had this um, in my notes. You know, my notes have crazy things in there. And I have one that says, uh, God, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) And I wrote, I'm not doing anything to you. (laughs) You ate too much food. It's indigestion, (laughs) right? Or I saw one the other day that says, God, why, why do you give me your toughest battles? <laughs> just, I'm just telling you to fold the laundry. You've already washed it. Just fold it. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back. All right. Uh, train break is over. Um, I just like swallowed them. Oh, no. Uh, no. It's Drew's beard hair. That's weird. How did, How did that, that happen there? there? I don't know. Weird things happen on train breaks. <laughs> All right, now we're really back. <laughs> I don't know. Don't use that, Casey. Unless you choose, you, unless you choose to use that. Um, I've learned to just trust her at this point. Yeah, like she, I literally, yeah. I don't send her any instructions. <laughs> she watches the whole thing and she makes a decision. Um, so uh, I do think there's some ways. If you really want to know, is it spiritual or non-spiritual? These still guys. a train break. All right. They are no longer sponsors. No, not a sponsor. They are. Shout out to all the stuff on the Jackie side. loves the sandwich. So do it. That Ben paid for. Who decided to shoot a podcast on the railroad track in Clear, Alabama? Well, you know, it's compounding problems. It was like, let's plant a church in the most unchurched county. Yeah. In the state, it's not the most untrained county, though. It's a trained county. <laughs> this, if this is anything, yeah, it's trained. We got trained. We got trains. You just got trained. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're ready to continue on. Okay, so continuing that question after the train break. Um, Do you need the question again? No, no. Okay. How can you differentiate between like? Uh, you know, life's challenges and spiritual things. And I said, you know, I don't think you have to. I think you can treat them as both, right? right? But if you want to get to it, I mean, I think always the fruit, right, is a byproduct of the root. And so um, getting your life in certain orders is good. If you're like, is my financial problems a spiritual problem or like a life challenge problem? Well, let's work on both. Let's be good steward of our finances. Let's give to God what is God's. Let's, you know, be generous with what we have because God, you know, gives more to those who steward well and are generous well. Um, but let's also, like, have a good budget. Let's look at what we bring in, make sure it's not more than what we're giving, at, you know, uh, spending out. Let's look at frivolous spending and how we can, make, you know what I mean? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, yeah. like, like, your life will be better if you do not dismiss things as non-spiritual, 
but then at the same time, you can treat both things, you know, and I said this on Sunday, it wasn't about this specific thing, but if I'm an enemy and there is actual spiritual warfare happening, which I believe in, I'm going to do one of two things. I mean, they're going to convince you of something that's not the battle or not the enemy is the enemy, or I'm going to convince you that there's not a battle at all. Mm. And I do think that's where some of us have come in our faith, that we believe in God, but we don't really believe in the spiritual battle that's happening. And that's a win for the enemy because our guard will always be down and we'll never know how to protect yourself proper, uh, appropriately. So I would, there are some things that you can do by tracing it back to the roots, right? And we can fix those things. But I also think just treating them both in the same, like is my anger issue, is that a spiritual problem or is that, you know, a life challenge in the circumstances around me? Well, let's treat it as both. Let's learn to drop offenses, extend forgiveness, create margin in our life for other people. And at the same time, um, let's go talk to our counselor. Let's do mm. some anger management. Let's figure out what's triggered. Like, like, you know what I mean? Does it make sense? Right. Like we don't have to, um, God is not in competition with the world he created, mm. right? So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Before we do question two, I'm going to rearrange and I apologize to everyone watching this on YouTube. Can we just acknowledge but that Drew never I'm, looks comfortable on this couch? Even though I've seen him take a nap on this couch. Yeah. I was going to say it's crazy because I sleep here often. <laughs> yeah. But I've okay. never in this moment seen you like, I feel comfortable. <clears throat> you look good now. Thanks. I feel comfortable. Okay. First time for everything. First All right. Time. Here we go. Question two. We'll review and see. Go ahead. <laughs> Of the greatest performance appraisal of all time. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Question two. You mentioned that our enemies are often not what we think. Can you elaborate on who or what these spiritual enemies might be? Yeah, they're, they're demons. <laughs> like, like. Uh, I mean, I, I'd say that somewhat joking, but like, um, your enemy's not what you think. What I meant by that was your enemies are not flesh and blood. And as long as you are fighting in fabricated fights, the real war, you'll always lose. And so if you continue to view people and life and situations as your war, then there will be a war that's for your heart, for your soul, and for your eternity that you are losing every day. Um, what are these things that is our enemy or oh, I mean the first one is an adversary mm. we call him Satan he was an angel of God that was cast out of heaven Jesus said I saw him fall like lightning um, he roams the earth um, he is defeated because we know the victory that Jesus had but you have to enforce that defeat he also took a third of um, the angels with him in that fall and we believe that they do his work as well and um, he is not here trying to win your adoration he is attacking you because god cherishes you and loves you as children if you want to get like you, you can hit me in the face and i won't do anything but if you touch my kids like right like that, that like that's and so he does it because it has um he, he really is angry at god in a lot of ways and attacking his children is one of the main things um that he feels can affect the heart of god and it does. Yeah. Can you tell a story real quick? Yeah. Um, what I, one thing you do that I really, I actually think it's good is... Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> I was going to compliment you, but then I was like, we need to... There's need too to, much passive complimenting well, 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 going well, well, on these well, well, days, right, right. so Drew, it's op, good. Yeah, you no, this is, this is actually really good. But um, In talking about, you know, 
what's our battle you you tell a story about um when you were a kid and you were you had to go out and kill all the ants in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever yeah, tell yeah, that? Yeah, that? So I told that on Sunday. But yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we had this cabin in Highland Home, which is just a small country town in Green uh, in Alabama. And uh, we, we, our family owned it. It had 80 acres of land. And we'd go there for big family get-togethers. And our, our, our Thanksgiving back then, man, it used to be like 60 people. It was a ton of people that would come Brother. out it was it was That's wild. Ginormous. We did. It was a blast, man. We all would come to the cabin. There's like a two acre pond. There's cleared out land. There's lots of fun stuff to do, and uh, so we'd get there a little bit early, and we'd have to do work. You know, somebody's going around killing all the hornets' nests. You know, that grew on, at the cabin, and mine was to kill all the ants. And over eighty acres of land, eight of which is cleared land. There's lots of ant piles. There's a lot, a lot of, of ants, ant yeah. piles, and so uh, we ain't rich folks, so we don't. We didn't have ant killer, and uh, we weren't wa- wasting gas, even though it was only 99 cents back then. We weren't pouring gas on them. And so instead, my mom would give me a shovel, and she'd tell me um, to go kill all the ants. And what she meant by this is she had taught me that if you take a scoop out of an ant pile and go to another ant pile and drop it in there, and then you take a scoop out of that ant pile, go to another ant pile and drop it in there, and you begin to mix all the ant piles up, they will fight each other until they die all of them um and it will kill the ant piles um and it works and people are like i don't believe you that it works and i just always say imagine when we're in our room when mm-hmm. we're in worship we'll have you know 200 people sitting in there for each service or whatever and i said imagine if this roof got ripped off right now and then after the debris settled and you opened your eyes there was twice as many yeah. people like like you better hit somebody you don't know right because we're blaming like before these people showed up, everything was good, right? Um, which is also how I think the alien invasion is going to go. But anyways, right. but like, <laughs> but like, you better start hitting because like we we can't help but fault the people we don't know when we look up from the debris and see them there. I think we all do that when life circumstances and fights and battles come our way, whenever the dust settles enough for us to see someone, it's like the first people we see, we begin to blame and we make them our adversary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Yeah. Do you think we're going to have to... We'll find out. Okay, cool. Question three. You mentioned... That's right. I like that. That was really cool what you just did. Okay. For those who don't know, I, who, are, who aren't watching on YouTube, I took my shirt off and I ran around in circles and yeah, you thought that was awesome. Wow, that's very impressive. You did that real quick. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Question three. You mentioned that our back is protected by our fellow warriors. Mm-hmm. How can I build stronger bonds and unity within our church community? Uh, so the that was con- a fun rhyme, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, they're a poet and didn't know it. Uh, <laughs> context. When we look at the armor of God, it's the Roman armor. And the Roman armor was known not to have any kind of protection on its back. Um, and again, we're not pulling Ephesians 6 out of the rest, uh, out of context from the rest of Ephesians. And the rest of Ephesians is about, about um, community. And the Roman uh, soldiers knew how to have each other's back. And we gave lots of examples of that. And so the reason our back isn't protected isn't just so that we'll always press forward in our faith, but also because you are to be dependent on other brothers and sisters as well. And you asked, how can I do it in our church? Well, it sounds like maybe you have struggled because you've been hurt in the church possibly, and you're going to have to drop some offenses for that. Uh, And then for our church, we have missional communities, which is how we um, do community together in this lifelong community. And uh, it takes as much contributing as it does receiving. So, yeah. Last one. Here we go. Four. You mentioned the phrase, the fullness of the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> Today we're actually looking at a video clip of another pastor, which I would say from the messages I've seen doesn't share a full gospel. And uh, they said something about the fullness of the gospel. But I wonder how many people throw around that phrase. The fullness of the gospel, I'll give you an example, an apple if you cut an apple up, a child is 70% more likely to eat it than an apple that's not cut up. And then it's just interesting as a parent, I take that method. If I slice this up, I'd rather get a slice in my child than none at all, right. right? Because this apple is consistent all the way through. That's the difference. I think we've taken that same concept within the faith and thought if we can slice up the gospel, it's more palatable and more people will consume it. And I think we've done that, and I think it is true, and I think it's worked. And we're thinking, well, if they get some of the gospel, it's better than none of the gospel. But I don't know if that's true, because the gospel is multifaceted. So when we slice it up, we are missing part of it, unlike an apple, which is consistent all the way through. Mm. You're not just getting 10% of the fullness of the gospel. Right. You're only getting 10% of the gospel, right? And so we need to show the fullness of it, the compassion where it meets conviction, the grace and the truth, right? The the things that Jesus reveals to us through how we live, act, and speak, works, right? And faith, right? The fullness of the gospel is not allowing the gospel to just be upon used for whatever your personal agendas or leanings are, but willing to set aside whatever you have so that if the gospel comes in contradiction with it, you can receive the fullness of it. And for some of that, it makes us feel like, oh man, we're being pulled we're really divided two ways, right? Conservative and progressive mm-hmm. is how our country, at least the Western church is divided. And it's like, if you're a conservative Christian, you're like you're holding true to what you think is the fullness of the gospel because there's portions of it that you're like, oof, I can't believe that because that looks like what I would consider a progressive Christian, mm-hmm. right? But what you're understanding is the progressive Christian has a portion of the gospel that you're missing. And the progressive Christians are looking at the conservative Christians and going, man, like, like, like everything they're holding on to, like, I don't want that. And I can't lean into some of these convictions and some of these things because that would make me like a conservative Christian. And you're missing the conservative faith has a portion of the gospel you're missing. So we're not right. trying to teach a political gospel or a social media gospel or a taken out of context gospel, but the fullness of the gospel where we do have justice and we have mercy, where we do have grace and we have truth truth, where we do have faith and we do have works, where we do have a judge, but we're not the judge, right? Like we, we want to see, I want the fullness of Jesus. I'm going to preach it this Sunday. And the question this Sunday will be, John the Baptist preached, change your mind for the Messiah's coming. And if you don't change your mind, you're going to miss him. And the question for us is if Jesus showed up today, would we actually recognize him as the Messiah and as Jesus? Or would we have such a wrong concept of Jesus that we would think he was a false pastor or, or savior? Yeah. Boom. Boom. Good stuff. That was it. Good stuff. We did it with all within it. 30 minutes. That's pretty wild. Okay. We will see you next week. I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. No, you're not. No, he's not. He's not going <laughs> to go for a run. Hey, Sunday. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. What are we doing on Sunday? We're doing a mini-series for two weeks. Whoa, whoa. We got something special going on on Sunday. Oh, yeah, dude. We do.